I always feel bad. We just circle the same couple of properties over and over again. It's almost like we should pick one of those and be a podcast dedicated to that so we'd actually have an audience. I know, but we're not ever going to do that, right? I mean, it, I mean, at this point, we're obviously pot committed and we can't change. bought Twitter for $44 billion. I guess Twitter didn't get our offer for $1. Is that a a joke? I don't know. (laughs) And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And let me check. Hold on. That's a joke. I'm John. And together we're Henry and Hoyt. Hold on. Let me check. That's a joke. I'm John. Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Well, Henry, it's true. Twitter has finally uh, been bought by Elon Musk uh, after <laughs> uh, him basically uh, taking over the platform and that he brought a bunch of really terrible people to it and also 80 million people follow him. And it just it all sucks. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's weird for a thief to buy the public tool that he was using to raise stock prices before unloading his stocks. But I guess the SEC is just turning the other way on this one. I mean, the SEC really doesn't seem to care too much about what Elon Musk does because no one on the SEC really understands uh, social media and how that can be used to uh, change sentiment, which is the most important uh, component of share prices. Uh, but the deal is not done yet. He is set to buy Twitter for $44 billion using uh, maybe like some sort of special purpose company. Uh, but if the deal falls through, he could owe them up to a billion dollars. Okay. Uh, uh, that would be fine with me, I guess. Yeah, there was a talk of a Twitter poison pill for a while. It looks like the poison pill is not really going to happen anymore, and they are uh, going full bore with selling, which, just to be clear, so Elon Musk's kind of whole thing isn't that he's like a... So he's not Tony Stark, which is what people who are awful people seem to think because they have a very limited worldview and also very limited... uh, uh, vocabulary of icons that they can pull from because uh, he's not really an engineer he just like buys companies that are undervalued but successful uh, he did that with Tesla he did that with PayPal uh, and this is 
not one of those. Uh, Twitter is actually a pretty overvalued company. I think. Right. Yeah. He, I, he I usually... think YouTube makes five to ten times the revenue Twitter does on any given year. Yeah. Yeah. So normally he takes like a company that might be like on the verge of something, and he buys it and like puts his name on it, and they release the thing they were going to release anyway, and he gets all the credit. He's he's done that a couple of times. Uh, yeah, but this this is the first time he's buying a failing tech company. <laughs> yeah, he he is buying a company that is really not worth anything. There there's an argument to be made that that for brand recognition's sake it makes sense, but like you can have a brand on Twitter for free and have 80 million followers and then exercise all the power of having Twitter, basically. Like, no one cares what Jack Dorsey is up to. Yeah. Like, people are perfectly happy to to follow Elon Musk. And I think really what we're seeing here is what happens. And it's, it's true kind of across the board is we're seeing what happens when billionaires have midlife crises. And it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Reductress, which is a really great satirist site, ran the headline, uh, Local Man Makes Midlife Crisis Everyone's Problem. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look at uh, Jeff Bezos did the same thing. Midlife Crisis went to space. Uh, Richard Branson is having like a 1.2, <laughs> whatever the, Richard Branson's lived long enough is what I'm saying. Uh, you hear that, having... Richard Br- Branson? He, he's actually one of the good ones, uh, allegedly. But Elon Musk, I think, is like the, the perfect example of this because he beat a receding hairline by throwing a bunch of money at it. And then he managed to meet cool and interesting people and even like have a child with a very cool and interesting person who I politically don't agree with. But, you know, whatever. Uh, and now he's just like taking HGH and buying the like billionaire equivalent of a Porsche Cayenne, which is Twitter. Yeah, it's insane. And like, what are you going to do with Twitter? And he's like, oh, I'm going to make sure I'm going to authenticate all the humans on Twitter. Everyone's going to be a human. Yeah, Okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, I'd love to see Elon Musk make good on one promise. Just real quick reminder, every single Tesla on the road has been recalled at some point. Uh, He did not make good on bringing water to the people of Flint, Michigan, or saving those kids who are trapped in a cave, or really anything that he's talked about doing. I mean, he did make a couple of fired hazardous tunnels. Yes, he did make tunnels, and then he decided to say that tunnels were impervious from anything that's happening above ground, which uh, anyone, I mean, like, it doesn't take someone who's an expert in mathematical topology to tell you, like, tunnels begin and end places that have an interface with the surface, you know, and also need things like air pumped into them from places that are, you know, not underground. Yeah, tunnels are impervious to things like hurricanes. Let's just forget that Hurricane Ida flooded New Jersey subway tunnels. Yeah. Let's just forget uh, that. It's real baby thinking. 
Also, 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 earthquakes exist. Yes, earthquakes very (laughs) much exist. Those happen under the surface. Elon Musk is a very interesting brain because he believes that earthquakes happen on the surface, but not below. Oh, well, you see them above, so they happen. (laughs) Well, I, for one, have never seen an earthquake below the ground, much as I have never seen the unknowable face of God, which is why I am an atheist, m'lady, and tunnels are better than roads. Oh my gosh, I hate this. You hate this, uh, this Elon Musk militant atheist character? I do, I do. Well, you you had me hating him at Elon Musk. (laughs) That was, uh... Totally fair, but yeah, set to buy Twitter. Uh, I think cool. maybe one of the one of the big things that people seem to take away from this is being like, oh, if Elon Musk buys Twitter, he's going to bring back free speech, which I would like everyone to remember that, yes, there are people on both sides of the discourse who are policing the acceptable ends of language, and that's dangerous for a lot of reasons. But speech has also kind of objectively never been freer than it is now. So, like, we're not living in 1984 or anything. He's not giving you anything you've lost. It's just that you're either on one side of the spectrum, which is you're like a far-right lunatic who's been fed a line by people like Tucker Carlson, the free speech is disappearing, or you're like a like a wellness guru who is actually secretly far-right, but you're like a wellness guru who's like, they're not allowing me to tell people that putting crystals in their nose cures MS. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole he's going to bring back free speech argument is so funny because free speech hasn't ever gone anywhere. Free speech has never been under attack because the government has never punished anyone for <laughs> for free speech. Free speech just means government punishment. Private companies can decide to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and that's going to continue to be the case. And a lot of people, we have trot out the sad horse too many times that free speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences of what you say. Uh, It just means that the government won't punish you for saying things unless they fall into certain categories. Exactly. So, like, if a media company wants to punish you for saying something, the media company is well within its fucking rights to punish. Twitter could make the word the illegal tomorrow or uh, a bannable offense tomorrow if they wanted to. And they Uh, should. I'm tired of these, these, what is it called? Article elitists coming out with their these. When we've got A and N, two perfectly acceptable words. Let's get the out of the cultural <laughs> discourse. Listen, my articles are the, the. <laughs> oh, 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 this is it. Well, no, I don't want to make that joke. I, I just think it's I funny feel like that people, people are getting caught in the crossfire. <laughs> People, absolutely, but I feel like people have, uh, people have weaponized the word pronoun, especially almost exclusively on the right, they've weaponized it, uh, and then like completely forgetting it's just a essential part of language. (laughs) It's just a word. It is, it is an essential part of language, the pronoun, Right. Uh, it's it's very silly. Uh, these people are very dumb, and they don't know English. It's great. It's great. 
Uh, I, I love people who are like, I don't use pronouns. I don't have pronouns. <laughs> and it's like, well, y- you do. You just used one. You yeah. just used I. You absolutely did. Yeah. I love when people are like, fuck you and your pronouns. It's like, well, there's a you. <laughs> right. My <laughs> favorite is like, the people are like, I can't call someone a they, them. And then like, in their justification, all they do is use they and them. And it's like, you're doing it now. You're, you're using it you're now. You're absolutely no doing it. Also, like, if you don't know someone's gender and you're talking, let's say, I don't know, a doctor or a ditch digger or whoever you're talking about, they will say they, them. It's not like every single time they're like he or she will perform the operation and he or she. Right. He or she is so dumb. He or she is something that is almost exclusively uh contained within antiquated writing no one no one says he or she no Ac- one academics have to must they it's grammatically correct technically just say they get rid of he she get they, rid of they, one of the first things we ever talked about on this podcast was the acceptance of the singular they them and uh, i was for it at the time and i'm for it now 6 years later yeah fuck you language yeah you're meant to change. Uh, so, yes, Elon Musk has bought or is in in position. <laughs> He's yes. lined up to purchase Twitter for whatever goddamn reason. And we're all going to suffer for it. It's going to be great. I will say there's one thing, one silver lining that could have come from him buying Twitter and that's if Donald Trump were to return to the platform with his current, like, mangled, sad brand. Because when Donald Trump was, like, a significant cultural force prior to his presidency, all he was tweeting was, like, the weirdest, saddest old media maven stuff about how peop- how he wasn't invited to people's Met Gala balls. Like, being a, being a very campy individual. And I looked forward to the the sad kind of prose he would craft given his his waning legacy and his like newly found loser status uh but it seems like he's going to stay on his truth mobile platform or whatever money laundering <laughs> operation the people have created uh, for oh him. wait hold on are you talking about truth mobile the app in which trump has never ever made a message on that's probably <laughs> he, he's never he has never to this day logged on to his account <laughs> great i love it i mean yeah. it's it's all just it's all just to bilk money from people i'm sure there's something about truth mobile that demands a premium from people who line up like slavering hogs for the the donald trump content i wish i could find a way to make money <laughs> listen there is only one person in history of celebrity who has brought a thriving social media platform to bear using their name and their name alone. Of course, I'm talking about Jeremy Renner. Oh, what what social media platform did he make? Oh, there was a Jeremy Renner app. Oh, great. What? <laughs> Wait, are you are you seriously not familiar with the Jeremy oh, Renner dude, app? Let me Google this shit. No, no, no. Let me. I can tell you a very quick story and tell you about the Jeremy Renner app. Okay. So Jeremy Renner created an official application called Jeremy Renner Official, and it was like a social media platform, and I think this was in like 2018 or 2019, uh, and there was a social media 
component, microtransactions. I think there were just videos of Jeremy Renner on it. However, I think one of the issues that they ran into is that whenever someone made a post, it would look like Jeremy Renner posted it. Uh, in that you'd get a push notification from the app, I think, where it's a, where it would say Jeremy Renner colon the message. Oh, and man. people took advantage of that to post things like, I I sure do love when I watch pornos. <laughs> and then people would screenshot where it looks like Jeremy Renner is like sending them a text that says, I sure love to watch pornos. Amazing. Uh, and they just couldn't deal with that. So they ended up taking the entire app down. Yeah, apparently the app was shut down in September of 2019 in part to the frequent bullying and trolling that the platform had experienced. Oh no. After several users abused this feature, Renner himself asked EscapeX to shut down the app. So Renner stepped in. Good. Good for him. He also issued uh, apparently a mass refund for the collectible stars in the app within a 90-day period after purchase and then apologized to the app. (laughs) <laughs> no he posted an apology to the app that's that's what that sentence says. no i prefer he apologized to the app he's like i breathed life into you official jeremy ritter app <laughs> and i apologize and to everyone who mistreated you i will seek them out and kill them a la ronin from the marvel stuff yes from the marvel stuff is what he calls it yeah that's what he calls it I am am fascinated wow. by the existence of the Jeremy Renner app. Wait, but... so you're telling me Elon Musk could have just made his own stupid app, Elon Musk official, but instead he had to buy somebody else's playground? No, I'm sure he could have made his own app called like Epic Bacon or whatever, and then 80 million <laughs> people would have followed him to it uh, and posted fucking Pickle Rick or whatever the shit. Uh, and he would have been perfectly happy, but that would have been I think what this is is him having a grudge. I don't think that I think that he is genuinely upset that people on Twitter try to take him down all the time and now he wants to own Twitter. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Which uh, uh if it's if it's any indication timeline. <laughs> I don't think any of that's going to change cuz people certainly never stop making fun of Jack Dorsey for being an elder millennial Rasputin. Right, exactly. If anything, you're just, I guess all of your hate will be collected into one place that you now own. Yeah, now you own your hate. Uh, But Henry, I I think there's an important thing here that we do need to talk about. Oh, wait, what's that? And and can it be interrupted by something else? Uh, Sure. Okay. Uh, John? Yes? uh, You haven't asked me what I'm drinking tonight. Oh, what are you drinking? Oh, hold on. Did you hear oh, that? I get it. I understand. Did you hear what, that? I understand what this is about. Wait, you do? I understand what this is about. You're punishing me for opening my drink before we started. No, no, no. I, I didn't mean that at all. It's just you, you. Usually, you might hear the crack of a can. Oh no! I know what this is for real. This was the twisting of a bottle, John. Open uh, of a, a little drink. Uh, you might remember. You might recall we had talked about it previously. This is a Starlight limited edition Coca-Cola Creations Zero Sugar. Oh my god, I'm going cr- I I looked for this stuff. I really looked. I found it. 
in Where? the dumbest place possible uh, outside of Tyler, Texas. Oh, Ty- Ty- they big fans of space out in Tyler, Texas? Uh, I guess, I suppose. There, there was a place called Texas's Best Smokehouse. It is a gas station, so very confusing name. Uh, but it's a gas station that had every flavor of everything you could imagine. We're talking all the different types of Coke, all the different types of Kit Kats that exist, a bunch of different like, candy bars and chips. They had everything. Oh, my God. This place sounds incredible. And uh, they happened to have in stock the Starlight Coke we had talked about just last week. I really appreciate your dedication to the podcast by specifically driving out to Tyler, Texas just to do this. Look, I was on a fact-finding mission, and I found the facts, and I've got I've got one in my hands, and I'm going to taste it live on the podcast for the first time. I have to know. I have to know. Now, I- I'm smelling it, as you do with all drinks. You just, uh-huh. you got to get the bouquet, right? So it, uh-huh. it smells... It smells... <laughs> Now, this is a man who knows his Coca-Cola Zero Sugars, just to be clear. It smells like the arcade at a laser tag arena. <laughs> oh, no. that I don't know that that's a like a, like a sickeningly sweet kind of dank smell. A sweet, dank smell. Like, another, another comparison I could make is a, like an Expo marker that's been left in the sun. <laughs> okay, so that kind of sweet ethanol smell... Yeah, um, I guess I'll take a swig. Audible huh. swig. Okay. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's got layers. It, it's one of those drinks, so you taste it at first. The front taste, if you will, is of Coke, uh-huh. undeniably. And then there's a bit of an aftertaste that dances along the tongue in multiple stages. Um, I gotta take another swig real quick. Oh, that's bizarre. All right, so, like, the first aftertaste is of, um, the only thing I can think of is Sprite Remix. Oh, what is Sprite Remix? You've never had Sprite Remix? Oh, no. Okay. Is it, like, the fruity-flavored Sprite? Yes. Okay, I gotcha. So, like, there's a Skittles quality to the taste that then sort of evaporates into, like, a cotton candy kind of thing. Okay. And the weird thing is... The, the total effect of it all with the, like the bitterness of or like the acidity of the coke and the sweetness of like this weird skittles aftertaste the overall effect is it kind of tastes like nothing oh interesting I wonder like, if that's where that reddit user uh, ultimately decided it tasted like floor yeah like it, the floor of the arcade. Oh no, there we go. At a laser tag arena. It's the smell, it's the taste of the Skittles on the floor. Wow. All right. Well, that's that's an experience. I certainly don't think I ever need to buy this again. <laughs> I have to try it. If I find it, I'm going to try to get the full sugar kind because I feel okay. like that would be the realist experience. Right. Yeah, and I'm st- I mean, I'm still against drinking any sort of calories that's not alcoholic, so I had to get the the zero, the zero uh, sugar version. I mean, I can skip three or four meals. You would have to. 
Starlight has a lot of calories. And now my question to you, Henry. I'm here, is, yeah. is there anything about it that tastes like raspberries to you? I could see where people are getting that from the smell and maybe a little bit of the taste, but I think there's more going on here than simple raspberries. Well, I asked that primarily because uh, space tastes like raspberries, apparently. Yeah, we covered uh, this last week. And people are complaining that it does not, in fact, taste like raspberries, and it tastes like a kind of a sweet amalgamation of a bunch of different things. Yeah, I, I feel like, you, you know how laser tag arenas have space, like, on the walls and the ceilings? Oh, so it's evocative of, of right. the space feeling of laser tag. I can't explain it. It tastes like laser tag. Listen, that is the best explanation. If you've ever like listened to a sommelier as they taste wine and they're like, oh, it smells like uh, fresh asphalt and morning dew. I am perfectly okay with you saying that it tastes like laser tag. Now, another thing going on with it that maybe where the raspberry thing is coming from, it is slightly red. The, the oh, liquid. interesting. Yeah, the liquid in the bottle is slightly red. I so wonder maybe why. Are, maybe people are seeing that. Uh, it's a good question, for sure. <laughs> I don't feel. I feel like from my history with science fiction films, you don't typically like to see dark, slightly red liquids. That usually means some sort of juicy computer has failed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely juicy computer failing juice. It's definitely the juice of a juicy computer that tastes like laser tag. Yeah, this is Coca-Cola by Cronenberg. Okay. <laughs> I You know, David Cronenberg's back in the news. Yeah, he's, he's going to release a new film soon. He is. I What's it called again? Videodrome 2. No, I have no idea. Uh, I... The, the trailer's creepy. I haven't seen it. I don't watch trailers. I just saw the headline. I don't think it's important, but I'm typing in Cronenberg to the best of my ability. Nice. Going to news and seeing that Crimes of the Future is the name of his next movie. Okay. It's got Viggo Mortensen in it. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of weird, gross body horror stuff. I I look forward to it. Yeah. All right, so that was my interruption. I, I thank you for allowing me to taste the Starlight Coke on the air. Um, I was just happy to have found it, and hopefully you get a chance to try it soon, too. Me? Same. Like I said, I'll, I'll skip a meal or two for it. And not to get to uh, too inside baseball about my life, but if I seemed a little checked out, I got pushed a notification uh, from my email that my landlord wants to renegotiate our lease what the uh, fuck so i'm i'm in a weird mood now but it's fine i'm sorry that happened to you right now of all times but let's <laughs> yeah. move on you were about to introduce a, a topic that i'm sure you remember yes let me try to oh hold on who let's take a quick break all right no i'm tired uh you want to warm up i'll try Big energy. Slap yourself right in the face. That's the warm-up. Wait, I gotta get move. I'll move the mic closer. Do you hear that? <laughs> uh, it sounds like very, very soft slaps. No, those are the hardest I can do. <laughs> oh, no. Big slaps. 
Ow. <laughs> Quick slaps. Ow. Uh, that's that's more like it. Ooh, that did wake me up a little bit. Oh. <clears throat> I um Pain puts me to sleep, John. <laughs> Uh-oh. Someone's like sawing through your neck and you're like, ooh. No, so really, I, I go to the dentist and they're like, this is going to hurt. I'm like, we'll see. And I just pass out. Oh, no. I, uh, <laughs> or I'll raise your bluff, dentist. Also, I bought a, a string trimmer for the yard. Oh, string trimmers. Those are really fun. I highly recommend the Ego brand. Of... I already got a Ryobi, buddy. Damn it. You're bought in. Yeah. The best part about the Ryobi streamer that I have is that uh, it's a workout because the thing's heavy as fuck. Buy a strap. Oh, no, I'm not taking the easy way out. I'm, I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> I'm just going to hurt my L12. I'm not and actually going to. And then fall asleep right in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, that. And then, like, <laughs> the, the POV of the camera is your face getting closer to the running string trimmer <laughs> as you fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I fell asleep holding down the buttons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the button is really hard to hold down, so you tape it. <laughs> Oh, it's like a whole a whole chain of events there. <laughs> well, Henry, speaking of brand new drinks from the Coca-Cola company that tastes like space, I've got some sad news. <laughs> <laughs> when you said just now we we're going to throw a segue away, I thought it would be, I guess, a little bit clever. Uh, yeah, please regale me with your sad news. So... You might have heard of a little film franchise called The Fast and the Furious. We have a passing interest in it. Right. One could say we have talked about it for the past uh, two episodes straight. Yes. And some might say we've talked about it for the last four years. Uh, and, and indeed we have. But uh, we've been teasing you as news breaks uh, with the new developments with the filming of Fast 10, a.k.a. Fast X, a.k.a. FFX. Uh, Jason Momoa is playing a panache pope. Uh, I forget if we covered this or not, but Vin, Vin Diesel was very upset that Mia Toretto was not in the script. Oh, yeah. No, that was news that came out. Yeah. Jor Jor Jordana Brewster. That's not her name. Jordana? Yeah, Jordana Brewster. I say Jordana. Okay, jo Jordana Brewster was originally not in the original script for X10. <laughs> X10, you got it. <laughs> X10. And apparently uh, Vin Diesel pleaded with all of the creative forces that be that she needs to be in the film because he couldn't imagine doing the film without her. Uh, so she, they, wrote her, they wrote her back into the film. Yeah, definitely good guy Vin. Uh, now... We have a, a little bit of sad news, because up until now, it's been either middling or exciting news. Of course, uh, Brie Larson joining the cast. That's good news as well. Marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, however, what? <laughs> breaking today, we find that Justin Lin, famed director of some of the best, including the best Fast and Furious films, uh, is stepping down from production as director from the next installment. That's right, John. And he's also, he's staying on as a producer, uh, but apparently uh, 
There were creative differences between himself and some of the forces that be that required him to step down as the film's director. Indeed. Uh, And just days into production, his statement reads, With the support of Universal, I've made the difficult decision to step back as director of Fast X. So we have a name confirmation there, I think. Uh, While remaining with the project as a producer, over 10 years and five films, we've been able to shoot the best actors, the best stunts, and the best damn car chases. On a personal note, as the child of Asian immigrants, I am proud of helping to build the most diverse franchise in movie history. I will forever be grateful to the amazing cast, crew, and studio for their support and for welcoming me into the Fast family. A very uh, melancholy statement to read, considering that we owe everything that these movies are currently to Justin Lin. For sure. Absolutely. With him stepping in, uh, with just keeping the franchise alive with Tokyo Drift, his first movie that he directed, uh, to ultimately delivering what is the best Fast and Furious movie ever, Fast Five. Mm -hmm. Uh, His influence has been throughout the the franchise for the past decade, which is insane to say. Uh, it, it's very sad to see him go. I'm interested into how involved this producer role is going to be. Like, was it just kind of like you can't do this without me? So they're like, okay, we won't. Here's your 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 in name only title that yeah. you're still involved in the movies, so people won't not see it i don't know i i'm fascinated to know what the creative differences are because they came up just days into production there were some people speculating that vin diesel being upset that mia toretto wasn't involved uh would maybe be an issue but also like how do you how do you find out that jordana brewster is not going to be in the movie like a couple days into production like have you not read the script come on i, I think that story is more is more on the late breaking side uh, then it, it, I think gotcha, it, gotcha. it just sort of came out around the same time that we're learning this information. I don't think the two are related at all. I think Vin was excited that, you know, production was starting and he was excited to be working with the people he'd been working with for the past 10 years. And so he kind of just let it leak that Joanna Brewster apparently was left out of the first draft of the script. But from what I understand, the script was completely rewritten. So I feel like that happened more on the early stages of this movie than happening like right now. And and of course, they don't have a replacement for Justin Lin. So they're actively looking for who's going to come in and replace him. Uh, Somewhat concerned because you're taking it it out of the hands of the most deft director of the franchise and giving it to someone else. Uh, hopefully they don't give it to whoever made Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm concerned. I'm bummed. It's it's, it's super, been a while since yeah. we had like really sad fast news. It's a really it's a really huge bummer for sure because they're not going to have their pick on the litter of this production has or had started. I don't know if it's going to grind to a halt now with no director, uh, but hopefully they've got somebody in the wings that they were talking to beforehand to come step in. Otherwise we're going to get a sh- probably a paint by numbers shooter. Who's just going to go down the shot list and not bring the soul that this movie would desperately need to be 
anywhere near the the heights of this franchise. It's going to be tough because they're going to need to bring in someone who's not someone who has the ability to work on a on a huge big budget property. They're going to need like someone who can do that who isn't currently working on a project. And people with that skill set are very much in demand, not just for their own projects, but for other projects. So I don't know. Uh, maybe they'll bring in the guy who did like Kong versus Godzilla or whatever. Uh, I was, you know, and all the genres, I, this, I know this is the second to last one, but on all the genres that the, the franchise has kind of covered over the years, we've never really had a British sort of crime heist movie. So let's bring in, uh, I think, is is a Guy Ritchie? Yeah, bring it. I think a Guy Ritchie Fast and Furious movie would be incredible. Yeah, so bring in Guy Ritchie, who directed things like Snatch and... Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. That's the one whose name I could remember some of the words. <laughs> but, like, yeah, these really fast-talking, you know, definitely British-influenced crime movies. I feel like... They they could bring a, a level of, of influence and panache to the series, give it a little twist for the penultimate uh, iteration of this of this franchise. Now there is another potential director who could be brought in. Now, if we're talking directors who have had installments in the Fast and Furious universe that were game changing that were transformative, I think there's only one option. And that's Vin Diesel. Look. Vin Diesel pulls star and director, actor and director. (laughs) If the news comes out that Vin Diesel is directing FX X-10... Two, uh, I can only read that as like the mastermind plot <laughs> of Diesel. He he has been trying. He's been doing this for years, sabotaging other co-stars, getting you know one of the most paid actors in the business thrown out of the franchise. He's been sort of like directing from the sidelines this whole time anyway. So if he gets a name as director, this will just be his. You know, his House of Cards plot come to fruition and he's going to tap on the the hood of his American muscle car and be like, let's begin. I mean, I almost could see it. Imagine if they already had like spec scripts and spec casting for Fast X and Fast X2. And they said Fast X2, absolutely Hobbs is coming back uh, and we don't have any room for more. And then he alienated... Dwayne the Rock Johnson out of the franchise and then brought in, brought back Jordana Brewster, but brought in Brie Larson and Jace Momoa. That was his doing somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And he has so completely changed what the scripts necessitate, what is necessitated by the scripts. So Justin Lin can't work under these conditions anymore. So now finally Vin sits in the director's chair. He goes over to his uh, 68 Mustang, opens the trunk, and takes out one of those little tripod director's chairs (laughs) that says Vin Diesel on the back. He blows the dust off of it. (laughs) It's got like a, it's got a, 
It's got a stamp on it for where it went through customs in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah, he declared it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was his only... The, he 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 checked he declared the the director's chair and they're like is that is that all is there anything else and he's like yeah this and just throws his sunglasses to him <laughs> why don't you declare this and he punches him out and he's like yeah. cut and they're like what do you mean cut <laughs> i'm the director <laughs> i'm the director i'm vincent the director if, if, diesel if we rewind a little bit uh <laughs> <laughs> okay so he puts he unfolds the wait chair. hold on hold on okay okay, okay i didn't mean literally john if we rewind the uh the ben diesel dwayne johnson feud a little bit we will recall that apparently dwayne johnson did not like the the onset direction he was getting from vin diesel oh, his no. And in a rebuttal, Vin Diesel is like, yeah, I was using these different techniques to get the emotional response I needed. So Vin Diesel, on some level, has been directing a little bit throughout the franchise. So for him to step up to director, I think, does make some sense. But on the other hand, at what cost... I mean, unless Justin Lin was a figurehead and it's been Vin Diesel all along, which I'm not willing to rule out. This is a risky move. But, of course, I do like to imagine he unfolds the director's chair and says Vin Diesel on the back. And then he rips off a piece of tape where it said easel and now it says erector. So it's Vin (laughs) Vin Director. Director. Oh, this entire time he's been an easel. Yes. Now he's a erector. Now he's, now he's the artist. Now he's the erector. Yeah. Uh, I just I, I I have one fear right now at this moment uh, because Justin Lin leaving over creative differences. What if he he co-wrote the film with mm-hmm. someone else? So what if Justin Lin was like, "This is it, Dom. You got to die," and Vin Diesel was like, "I don't die." I don't die in my movies. He's like, no, no, you're going to come back in the next one. Like, no, 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 I don't die, man. I can't die in my movies. If I die in my movies, I die in real life. I don't know how to act dead. (laughs) So I got to die if you do it. He's very method. He's extremely method. Extremely method. That's that's my only fear. It's like now we're going to get like a, a watered down version of the resurrection Oh, plot yeah. that, that we both have theorized like it's gonna be like no i gotta come back before the end of the movie right yeah we we could get a we unfortunately get a castrated version of uh highway to hell and carway to heaven uh, carway to heaven <laughs> actually it's fast and furious l heaven <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one, one, one. One, one, one. And then there's the ones get crossed, and then Evan gets added. So it's Fast and Furious Heaven. Wait, what if it was Fast and Furious Heaven 11? Heaven 11? Heaven 11. Heaven 11. Very good. I could see it. I don't know. I, all I know from this is uh, it, it's a huge bummer. It seemed like everybody was was ready to play ball. Uh, when they announced the beginning of the production 
uh, late last week, but it's, you know, here we are maybe not even five days later and the director walks. It's not a good look for anybody. And of course, Justin Lin's going to put out this very amicable statement uh, because he doesn't, you know, it, it's part of the industry game that you have to play. You don't, you don't cast aspersions on the projects you leave uh, in public because you don't want to, you know, damage, you don't want to burn any bridges. He wants to work up Universal again in the future, things like that. So we'll probably never know the true story of what would be until maybe 10, 20 years when uh, Justin Lin is on Twitter and he's like, look, man, that's not the film that I made. That's not the film I made. Release the Lin cut. Yeah, absolutely. Release the Lin cut of what I created in the first four days. <laughs> release, release all the second unit footage that I was in charge of during the first right. four days. Right. Release all the B-roll that we yeah. could, that we shot with drones. Release all the drone California highway footage. I do want, in some form or fashion, I think... It, like if if there was more of a humor about movie making and like Vin Diesel and and like you know his craft, I would want a mockumentary about the the Machiavellian plot that he hatched and schemed and and carried out over a decade in order to land the directing role of Fast X. Yeah, I, I would absolutely, absolutely give, give me a Succession style melodrama or. or docudrama about Vin Diesel's rise to directorhood. I I would watch it. I mean, Vin Diesel can act. Yeah, he could be in it. He would star in it. Yeah, he would play the the Vin Diesel character. And he'd direct it. He would direct the the docudrama (laughs) about how he erodes the power. I I will say that I think that... um... We can really only do two more of these movies because the production of these movies is growing increasingly fraught. And I I love this series to death, but I don't know. It, it almost feels like the center can't hold at this point. Like this movie is just being plagued with issues and drama. How long can this series really go on? Yeah, it used to be we got super excited because, hey, a new movie's coming out. You know, they're going to be really cool stunts and there's going to be a lot of heart. And at the end of the day, that's really all we need is some really cool stunts, some practical effects out the ass, as, as little CGI as possible. Yeah, very few CGI car tunnel chases. Yeah, and, and now what we're getting is just kind of too much inside baseball. You know, too much how the sausage is getting made and mm-hmm. what parts are being left out of the sausage. And I'm not as interested in that. I'm not. I don't yeah. care which organs in the sausage are fighting. Right. Exactly. I just, just, I don't know. I don't want to say shut up and dribble. <laughs> I mean, I, I think here's the thing. Shut up and dribble is, is telling people to like stay in their lane and don't use their platform. We're not we're not telling them to shut up and dribble. We're telling them to do a better job at dribbling. <laughs> <laughs> don't have such a bad relationship with everyone else on the court while you're dribbling, please. Right. I'm right. well, interested in the dribbling. I'm not trying to limit you. Just I feel right. like you're doing things that surround the dribbling 
that reduce the quality of the dribbling. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, hey, look, I know you want these moves to be the best they can be, but if it costs you, like, relationships with every person you're having to work with in order to make it, don't you think the problem might not be people not understanding your vision? Maybe it's uh, you're just a little too outspoken right now. Yeah, maybe... Um... Maybe just make the maybe maybe just make the movies and don't be mean to people, uh, and don't manipulate people. I don't know. Maybe Fast maybe. X is going to be great. Probably the best movie ever made. Yeah, you know the bar is pretty high now. Um, but if he can make that car jump through different universes, yeah. I mean, every movie is going to multiple universes. So at this point, I feel like if there's a multiverse thing, it's rote. Come on. I think, honestly, the only way Fast X can become the greatest movie of all, of all time is uh, at, the, at the, um, the climax of the movie. There's a cut, and then we, we, we fade in on Ezra Miller's The Flash. Oh, entering the Speed Force? And he's about to... He's entering the Speed Force. Yes, please. And then out of the corner of his eye, he sees something, and there it is. Vin Diesel and his 60-second car going <laughs> faster. And it's just it's just a little moment. It's just a little scene where like he just drives past the flash and like waves. <laughs> I mean, listen, the fans, that would be the the biggest fan moment of whatever year that movie comes out in. Yes, exactly. That would be bigger than the the fan voted best moment of the of the lifetime. Okay, wait, let me pitch you something else. We we cut to the Flash. Ezra Miller, about to enter the Speed Force, starts entering the Speed Force, looks to his left, sees an innocent uh, club goer in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Throws a chair at them. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, it's... How hard is it? I've never been to Hawaii, but I do have a question, John. Yes. How hard is it to not throw a chair at the people of Hawaii? Like, is it is it difficult to not harass the people who live on Hawaii? I mean, for me personally, I find it relatively easy to not throw a chair every day. But if it was modified by, like, island vibes and having a good time generally, I think I'd be much less likely to throw a chair. So I think you really have to muster something within yourself or have serious problems to throw that many chairs at people. Yeah, it it seems like there's two possibilities. Uh, The first possibility is that it's really difficult to resist hurting the people who live in Hawaii. That's a possibility. The other possibility is that Ezra Miller is a menace to society and deserves some actual consequences. Oh, yeah. Based on what we're hearing, he probably deserves, like, they, I think, probably deserve, like, some jail time. Wait, is Ezra Miller a they? What? I, I think maybe... Okay, well, apologies for the mispronunciation. Uh, I'm not totally sure. There was this funny uh, meme on Twitter, which will soon be gone. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff about uh, DeBaby killing someone four years ago, maybe. 
And the 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 meme just says uh, Ezra Miller when the baby lands in Hawaii and it's just Goku and Vegeta staring at each other oh, no. from, from across an expanse. Oh, that's awful. It's really good. Wow. It's really good. I don't think anyone would survive that bout. They would not. Um listen, Ezra Miller's more of a Frieza. <laughs> Because he's grotesque looking? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're going for? Sure. Uh, let's get off this. I'm just saying Ezra Miller wants all the Dragon Balls and he will use the Ginyu Forest to get oh my his gosh. way. To get their way, I'm sorry. Right, right. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, we wish the best to Justin Lin. We're going to see the movie regardless. We hope for the best and we hope Everyone comes out of this all right. Especially the victims of Ezra Miller. Yeah, I I really, yes, I I really hope everyone has a career intact at the end of this, except uh, potentially Ezra Miller, uh, which I I looked up Ezra Miller's pronouns that says that uh, when when attempting to discern... uh, Ezra Miller's pronouns, uh, the interviewer had a chair thrown at their head. <laughs> well, interesting. Okay. I, I don't know how quite to interpret that. I mean, I, I think it just shows that their pronouns are, are throws chair at person. In which case is what throws chair at person is doing. Is that wrong or is, or is throws chairs at person just trying to communicate I don't know. If it's being actively harmful to other people, maybe it crosses a line. Could be. Uh, but yes, I hope everyone's careers are intact. I I just hope that these last two movies don't see these people that we've all kind, we all being the two of us, have kind of collectively fallen in love with and grown in some admiration for. Uh, I hope that this doesn't like tear them apart. I, yeah. I hope that they all have good careers after this. And that uh, everyone's happy. I just want everyone to be happy. Me too. Happiness is uh, pretty good. Happiness is pretty good, unless Ezra Miller has anything to say about it. (laughs) You better hope you don't sing that Shallows song at karaoke. Apparently they really hate that. He does not like that. I'm sorry, throws chairs at person. (laughs) Really Really doesn't like like that. that. Yeah, really doesn't like that. Ah, uh, um, violence. Well, look, if anyone doesn't have a career after this, they, there's still hope for them yet. Because uh, there's one franchise that refuses to die, John. It's actually picking up steam, despite all signs pointing to maybe it shouldn't. Oh, Morbius? Spot on. Really? No, I was kidding. Yeah, so Sony apparently had uh, or had a panel at CinemaCon or something like that. I don't know what. I, I, look, I don't know what the events are. Sony had a presentation today, and at that presentation, they revealed a lot of things. Too many things, I think. Just a lot of them, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, among these things was the shocking uh, green lighting of Venom Three. What? Uh, along that. Uh, so, so those of you who have been following the Venomverse, they'll know. Venom 1 came out, pretty well received. Venom 2 came out, no one really talked about it. Kind of shit out shit out there. Right, and, uh... yeah, kind of just thrown out there, see what sticks, whatever. 
Uh, Morbius was delayed 500,000 times, came out as the worst grossing movie of the past two years. Uh, a Madam Web movie was greenlit. Fascinating. And another movie, also there's a Craven the Hunter movie out there somewhere that might actually come out in next January. Okay. But another movie was announced today. Um, are you familiar? And I know they're going for the deep cuts, so this this is might be a, a, a long shot. Are you familiar with the Spider-Man villain El Muerto? I am not familiar with El Muerto. Oh, that there's a pretty good reason you're not. Uh, probably because El Muerto has only been featured ever in two issues of the entire Spider-Man run. Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, he's like a masked wrestler. Oh, villain? okay. And uh, he is going to get his own standalone movie being betrayed by Bad Bunny. Okay, I like Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's good. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny's betrayal of El Muerto will mark Marvel's first ever Latino-led superhero film. That's that's good. Yeah. I I do feel like there were maybe other Spider-Man villains they could have gone for, but that's cool. Like even if if you wanted to do specifically a Hispanic movie, just coming to mind right now is like the Scorpion. Yeah, the Scorpion would be a good one. I don't think the Scorpion has been in any uh, any Spider-Man movies, not in any live-action ones, at least. Yeah, so you could do Scorpion. Yeah. Uh, we haven't act. Have we actually got. No, we actually got a lizard in the Andrew Garfield ones. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. So that yeah, one's off the table. There's a ton of other villains they could have chosen, uh, but they didn't. Uh, you know, that's fine. Also announced in the Sony conference was a sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife because that apparently needed a sequel. Uh,. I mean, I I thought the movie was pretty good. I don't really, like, totally get why it existed, but I thought it was fine. thought yeah. it was good. thought uh, it was the, quite good. The only silver lining to come out of this this whole Sony cinema conference panel thing uh, was, of course, uh, Christopher Lord and Philip Miller. That's, that's not their names. Lord and Miller talking about uh, the Spider-Verse sequels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately... One got the uh, the one the next one the one that was coming out this year got delayed till next year. Okay, that's a shame. Yeah, uh, what is it called? Across the Spider Verse, I believe so. Yeah, and apparently it's it had this is this movie features the largest crew of any animated movie ever. Okay, and it's going to feature over two hundred and forty different characters. I love it. I love huge numbers of characters. Uh, also announced uh, the kind of part two movie that's coming out after the, the third movie of the Spider-Verse trilogy. I uh, finally got a, a title today by the name of uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse. Okay. Acceptable. I think Across the Spider-Verse is maybe the best title of them all. Yeah. It's, so they're tr- this is like the change the preposition trilogy from into to across to beyond. I don't know. I don't know. I like across the Spider Verse. It's like a it's like a Beatles thing. Yeah, across the universe. You know, fun. Yeah. 
So we've got good news for when uh, inevitably the Fast and Furious franchise ends. We're, you know, we've always joked, but what's going to happen? We're going to cover the Venomverse. Uh, the good news is we've got content for years to come. Yes. It, if nothing else, our switch to the Venomverse will not be short-lived. It will be topical, timely, efficient. I am sad that they did not announce a sequel to Morbius, because, of course, the title writes itself, Torbius. Not more Morbius? God, no, why? Why would you do that? Torbius. Because I think that would be too obvious. Oh, I see where you're, you're picking up on it. Yeah. You're picking up on it. Yeah. I want to see less BS. <laughs> if you know, if you know what I'm talking about. So people, great tw- people are talking about more BS. I yeah. want less BS. I saw. People are talking about more BS. I'm tie. I want less BS from this president. If you know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about, these politicians with their more BS B- BS. It's really I funny. Want less of it. It's really funny. When a movie comes out and it was, it's been promoted to hell, and it, so everyone knows the movie is out, but it doesn't do well because nobody sees it. Endless riffing on Morbius, and I can't tell you how many times. I think we need less BS. Oh no! Is that fully a thing? It is fully a thing, man. That's a shame. Uh, also, among my favorites, Morbius and this economy. <laughs> Pretty good. I'm just saying Morbius to the polls. Yeah. I'm just I, saying I've Morbius always... the living vampire to the polls. Yeah. Um, I learned his name is Michael, apparently. And so it's very funny to me to just randomly say Dr. Michael Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> is that the... Uh... Is that the thing you keep saying to yourself when you have a concussion to, like, put yourself in place? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my mantra. It centers me. I'm just yeah. Dr. Michael Morbius. Dr. Michael Morbius. Dr. Dr. Michael, Michael Morbius. Morbius, the living vampire. Is he a vampire? I think that's actually the villain's name is oh. Morbius, the living vampire. But, you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Jeff, before we wrap this up on a bad note, let's instead pivot. We've got some uh, we got some fan mail. We have fan mail. Yeah, we got some fan mail. Uh from our little a little a little a little fan near and dear to our hearts. Uh, of course, this fan is is written in many a time and we always appreciate them writing in. Uh this comes from us from first. Ooh, the first fam uh yeah, the, to ever write into us, still writing into us to this day. Uh, the subject of the email is, and perhaps the last fam. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like w- when all the other fams are gone. Okay, spooky. Uh, the t- the subject line of this email reads, "We've done it, Familia." Ooh. Uh, first writes, "My dearest ZCPC boys." I was listening to your latest update on the brilliant Fast 10 marketing that was Vin Diesel's post introducing Brie Larson. I have to tell you, my jaw literally 
dropped. Oh, a literal you, jaw drop. Literal jaw drop. Draw drop. <laughs> a little, little draw draw. My jaw literally dropped when you pointed out Vin's obviously sneaky hints that Bree will be playing an angel. If this is not what happens in the mythology, I will be forever sad. Beginning parenthesis, you've ruined me. <laughs> Close parenthesis. <laughs> That's really what we want from our fans. <laughs> you must change your life. Scratched out in red. You are now ruined. You are now ruined. The uh, Zero Credits podcast. Uh, next paragraph. Also, I can't help but remember that almost every fast film ends with a group meal around a long table. Oh, no. Perhaps, it goes so much deeper. Perhaps we are looking at a potential last movie, Last Supper. It's just so obvious. Only time will tell. I mean, that's just a really good fucking I mean, that's just perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah. I think final movie, it just like slow pulls out from a table where they're all eating. No one's on one side of the table. And then like ludicrous. And then as it pulls out, it's slowing down until eventually it's just a still frame where they're all perfectly in the same poses as accidental renaissance, accidental renaissance. It's very intentional. Pope Momoa is in the Judas spot. (laughs) Yes, because he is the Judas, except he is the good Judas. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Ride or die, friends, open parenthesis. Then when you die, get rescued out of hell, close <laughs> uh, parenthesis. Affectionately, course. first. Uh, well, thank you, first. Absolutely. that That's the kind of uh, emails that we look forward to seeing. That was a really, really good point, really good detail. I, too, can only hope that we see a last movie, Last Supper, in Fast, fast X, Fast 10. Yeah, this was a, a level of analysis that uh, blew my mind. In fact, my jaw literally dropped. Yeah, uh, I heard. So I heard uh, that realization in real time. Yeah, so uh, favor returned in this case. <laughs> this transaction has been completed. Yes, uh, one to one. However, I I do have a little bit of sad news about the casting of Brie Larson. Uh, apparently, she is going to be playing a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> How many eyes? How many wings? A lot of eyes, a lot of wings, a lot of rings. Oh man, her first words, her first lines in the movie are "Be not afraid." <laughs> Be not afraid. That is the first and last line of the movie. <laughs> oh no! Oh wow. This this movie's getting better all the time. Listen, they need... Wait, what if we're the directors of Fast X? Hey, it's about time I made my first million. It's a (laughs) million? Come on. You're lowballing yourself. Well, at least, or more. You You heard it here first, Universal. We're a bargain. We know more about this franchise than 80% of people on the planet. And of those 20%, we have the most gumption and we're the cheapest. Also, I will say, of the 20%, I did take a uh, TV production class once, so I know about the rule of thirds. I've taken a number of film classes and I will accept payment in nitrous oxide. Like to, to, to huff? Just to go fast, in one oh. way or another. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, well, Henry. I'm sorry. Or did you want me to respond? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, John. We've had a pretty pretty good time here. Uh, my mind is somewhere else. Uh, yeah, this has been a crazy ride. Uh, first, uh, you know, look, Elon Musk bought Twitter. The world Elon has changed. Elon Musk bought Twitter. Jin uh, Justin Lin is no longer the director of the penultimate Fast and Furious movie. The world really has changed. And uh, the unfortunate news that Sony is just tripling down on everything. Making our lives so much harder in the future. I'm starting to think that Sony movie productions, the live action ones, are like a money laundering front. Because they don't make money, yet they keep getting produced. (laughs) I mean, these these movies only come out in January. <laughs> yeah, like, something's happening there. The world has definitely been affected. Yeah, absolutely. Off its axis, one might say. The world has been thrown off its axis. Uh, we will soon die due to the actions described in this podcast. But Henry, guess what? What's up, John? If you want to uh during the last gasps of life on earth uh reach out to us we have a number of ways in which you can do so wait john why would i reach out to us no this is me talking to the listeners then why did you address it by saying henry first uh i'm using you as the exemplar if you you name you named me first anyway Henry, if you want to send <laughs> us an email, why would I send you an email? Henry, if you want <laughs> Henry, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us on Twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com, which stands for listeners. That's right. And if you want to send us an email, Henry, uh, you can do so to email at zerocredits.net. I keep getting emails about this damn domain. It's it's fine. They just it's an abundance of caution, I get it, but we're paid up. And if we are a, <laughs> we are a podcast on many podcast services such as the one you are listening to the podcast on right now to name a few good pods pod chaser pod damn america <laughs> uh, uh and the cerberus network uh we are also on apple music and spotify like them or engage with them in in those places to boost them in the algorithm but you know it's better than the algorithm that's right, the rhythm of your heart as it goes pitter-patter as you interact with people you dearly love. Listen, COVID's low right now and people are partying. I don't know how long that's going to last, but while you can get to those sweet, sweet ears, I need you to go up to those ears and I need you to, to say the name of our podcast and tell them to listen. And then as the men in the CDC outfits pull you away from each other and then put you in pods and then launch you to a space colony on Mars, owned by Elon Musk, where you uh, craft the most cringe-worthy tweets uh, full-time for minimum wage, because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. 
Uh, so tell an ear, go to Mars, make a tweet, you'll go far. And from everyone here at the newly acquired Elon Musk Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Wait, we acquired Elon Musk's body and are living inside of it right now? Oh no, he acquired us. Oh no, he acquired our bodies. Yeah, we gotta. You remember when you were describing having to write, compose? Oh, yeah, shit, yeah. That that's what we have to do. We have to compose shitty tweets. No, he's gonna make us drink Huel. Goodbye. Goodbye, Huel. Take, take five and take fiber.